This is the Public Record Podcast. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. On this special edition, we'll explore alternative transportation options for the Palm Springs Coachella Valley. When government and tourism industry leadership think about how guests arrive here, the focus tends to be exclusively on private automobiles and air travel. But there are alternatives, and we're going to take a look at some bus as well as rail options. Yes, there are a couple of ways to take the train to the Coachella Valley, and we'll explore those as we go along. In April, the Riverside County Transportation Committee, RCTC, requested $5 million from the federal government for further study on the Coachella Valley-San Gregonio Rail Corridor Service Project, as it's called, and we'll take a deep dive into those plans. So let's begin with why we should be thinking about alternatives to cars and planes. Well, as many of us know, Interstate 10, our primary freeway, frequently operates at maximum capacity, particularly at peak commute times, as well as on those three-day holidays. And there are no significant highway upgrade plans on the board. This, combined with the constant highway gridlock in our neighboring metro cities, presents a growing barrier to car travel. And since buses, town cars, and ride-sharing services use these same congested roadways, moving large numbers of tourists is going to force us to focus on rail or some kind of expanded air service. So let's talk about air service. Now, I couldn't find any direct flights from San Diego to the Coachella Valley on Travelocity. Uh, It is possible to get here by plane, but you'd have to fly to San Francisco, then fly to Palm Springs at fares starting around $500. Now, flying time, it would be 4 hours and 13 minutes, plus the travel to the airport, check-in, and security screening, where driving is about 2.5 hours. But it's a long and tedious drive across a mostly desolate landscape, And for guests coming from Los Angeles, the story is about the same. You'd have to fly first to Phoenix, then come to Palm Springs International. That flight is 2 hours, 11 minutes, and the fares also start around $500. And for the Palm Springs segment, passengers often find themselves in small prop planes that don't take our desert turbulence very well. Meanwhile, for guests coming outside of California, direct flights are a mixed bag. From an air travel perspective, the Coachella Valley is still a seasonal tourist resort, so there's no year-round service for many airlines. Meanwhile, the airline industry continues to downsize service, resulting in more flights with multiple connections, which creates greater risks and travel time for our visitors. You know, it's interesting to note that the Las Vegas airport maintains pretty steady passenger counts throughout the year. And using Southwest Airlines as a benchmark, the months of June, July, and August have the most travelers, along with November. In fact, the peak travel month in 2021 was July. So this suggests that Las Vegas tourism has figured out how to leverage the business traveler and convention business to counteract the negative impacts of seasonal tourism. Anyway, let's look on to the alternatives, starting with buses. 
Now, for the moment, buses offer the most affordable alternative for our guests. Greyhound is probably the best-known brand. The two-and-a-half-hour trip from Los Angeles goes for as little as $24 one way. They offer free Wi-Fi, power outlets, reclining seats with extra leg room, no middle seat, overhead storage, and onboard restrooms. What's not to like? Well, the downside of Greyhound is it only goes to Indio, but most of our resorts are in Palm Springs. So Greyhound may only be an option for guests staying at Indio-based casinos or a few resorts in the La Quinta area. Our next option is Flix Bus. That's spelled F as in Frank, F-L-I-X Bus. It's all one word. It's their brand name. Now, they have multiple pickup locations in Los Angeles. A $49 one-way ticket will take you to downtown Palm Springs. You'll also be charged a $2.25 junk fee, which apparently covers the merchant fees on credit card payments. Their amenities are the same as Greyhound, but they also have an app to manage your tickets and travel plans. Next up is Amtrak. Yes, Amtrak has a bus to the Coachella Valley. So our mythical L.A. traveler would start out at Union Station, take a very brief train ride to Fullerton, then take an Amtrak thruway bus to the Spa Casino in Palm Springs. And the one-way fare is only $19. Now here's the catch. You can't just take the bus from Fullerton. There's some sort of legal entanglement that requires at least one part of your trip be on a train in order to ride an Amtrak bus. Go figure. Now, Amtrak actually does have a full train service to the valley, but we'll get to that in a little bit. One more uh, train-bus hybrid first, though. Um, It's offered by our own Sunline service. Now, this is really designed to provide commuter service for students attending Cal State San Bernardino, which, of course, is a satellite campus here in the desert. And the Sunline service is called 10 Commuter Link, the 10 referring to Interstate 10. To use this method, our L.A.-based traveler would start at Union Station, then take Metrolink to the San Bernardino downtown station to connect to Sunline's 10 Commuter Link. The Metrolink fare is $10, and the Sunline fare is 6 for a total adult fare of $16. So this even beats our $19 Amtrak price. And if you're a senior, your Metrolink fare is only $5 and only $4 for the Sunline portion for an amazing price of $9. Now, the Sunline bus offers the same kinds of amenities as other bus providers, On the Metrolink part of the trip, travelers will have a more spacious experience where they can get up and walk around and talk to people. There's an upper section which gives more of a bird's eye view. Some seats have tables where you can put your laptop and sort of spread out on a table shared by four seats. If you're traveling as a group, you can bring along food and eat at this table. Unfortunately, there is no food sold on Metrolink trains, but you can grab something to take on board from one of the many restaurants at LA Union Station. Now the downside of the 10 commuter link. It only stops at the Cal State campus and a park and ride in Indio. So again, travelers who are staying in Palm Springs would need to arrange for connections. Now on to full train service. 
Amtrak does offer a full train service to Palm Springs on the Southwest Limited and the Texas Eagle, which are long-distance trains that tend to be pretty full. The one-way fare is $22 and travel time is 3 hours, 33 minutes. The problem with these trains is they arrive at the Palm Springs station at about 12.30 in the morning. So now let's take a look at the Coachella Valley-San Gregorio Rail Corridor Service Project. The Federal Railroad Administration, the California Department of Transportation, and the Riverside County Transportation Commission are studying a 144-mile passenger rail service corridor between Los Angeles and the Coachella Valley. Now let me pause here because what they're studying isn't very clear from their report. As you know, we already have an Amtrak service completely via rail today. But the service is provided rather incidentally via these long-distance trains, the Sunset Limited, which travels from L.A. through uh, Phoenix, through Tucson, and through San Antonio, terminating in New Orleans, and the long-distance Texas Eagle, which begins in L.A., passes through San Antonio, Dallas, St. Louis, and winds up in Chicago. And there are only three of these trains each week. So if the track and a station is already here, we might ask why Metrolink, which provides frequent commuter train service between L.A., Orange County, San Bernardino, and Riverside, why can't they provide a commuter service to the desert communities? Well, according to the RCTC presentation, and I'm quoting now, Congress has authorized Amtrak to operate on private railroads with some track improvements. Metrolink does not have that authorization. Okay, well, apparently the two existing Union Pacific tracks that pass through the valley don't have sufficient capacity to support passenger rail service, or at least not to the level that they're proposing. So RCTS uh, and Caltrans are looking to add about 76 miles of additional tracks to support the service. I should also note that freight traffic always has priority over passenger service on rail lines because, well, freight pays the bills, right? So now let's recap what we've talked about so far. Our freeways are maxed out with no significant new capacity planned. We could greatly boost our air traffic if we focused more on the business traveler so that we could create a year-round tourist market But air travel isn't a solution for guests coming from Southern California metros, the drive-in market, if you will. Transportation planners are looking at rail but face barriers to funding, build-out, and designing a product that will attract riders. So I want to spend a few minutes on this point. Public transit projects always proceed on the notion of if we build it, they will come. But we need to take a hard-nosed look at the wide gap that tends to develop between what planners think is good enough and what will really motivate travelers to use the service. Money is always a key barrier to transportation products. So to cut corners, project planners like to look at leveraging existing facilities. But many of our rail systems that were built over 100 years ago often end up in industrial areas where rail service once dominated for moving raw materials and finished goods. So what would be the ideal train trip 
for a traveler starting at Union Station in Los Angeles. Let's board our imaginary train. We're aboard, and we found a seat with a table to put our iPads on and share some snacks. Let's go downstairs uh, to the cafe. Over to the left, there is a bar table and stools where we can sit and visit with other train riders. On the right is the snack bar. Let's get a soft drink from the soda fountain. And grab a sandwich and some potato chips. Then we'll check out with the cashier. Back in our seats, we're enjoying our refreshments while taking in the view from the upper deck of this Amtrak luxury liner. Three hours, 30 minutes later, we've arrived at the Palm Springs station. Let's get off the train. Okay, we're, we're here at the outpost Palm Springs station. You can uh, tell it's a little windy and the sand is blowing. Uh, let me read you the amenities as described on the Amtrak website. Uh, no pay phones, no restrooms, no waiting room, uh, no water fountain, unaccompanied child traveler not allowed, no wonder, no Wi-Fi, no ticketing kiosks, no vending machines. Uh, in the distance, away over there, I can see some fast food restaurants, perhaps, I don't know, a half mile away. But there's no way to get there from here. We're blocked by the train tracks, surrounded by fences. There is a narrow car bridge that goes over the tracks, but it's pretty steep, and there are no sidewalks. Now, according to my map here, the nearest resort is the Margaritaville at Indian Canyon in Vistachino, 3.7 miles away. It will take an hour and 15 minutes to walk that distance. Now, frankly, with, without a cell phone, this could be a life-threatening situation for some travelers. Okay, let's stop here. This is not the scenario we want to present to guests for any mode of transportation. Let's rewind and start the arrival process again. Let's forget that remote bus shelter style train station and move to a real train station co-located in a resort casino just a mile down the same track. We get off the train and are immediately in a climate controlled environment. There are shops, restaurants, restrooms, a rental car desk, a casino, and our hotel guest services right off the train. You know, if you ask any airline traveler to rank their preferences, nonstop always tops the list. Making connections introduces unwanted uncertainty and anxiety, 
The ability to board a train in Los Angeles and arrive at your final destination, a resort hotel, shopping district, or entertainment attraction, is the gold standard in public transit. Let me say that again, because that's probably the key takeaway of this presentation. The ability to board a train and arrive at your final destination, a resort hotel, shopping district, or entertainment attraction, is the gold standard in public transit. A key benefit of having robust retail and entertainment around a train station is that it can support a live customer service desk. Self-serve kiosks and smartphone apps are never a total substitute for travelers that have an issue that's not part of a pre-programmed help script. If you've ever had to deal with an automated phone or text messaging system, you know what I'm talking about. It's all too easy to get in an endless loop that never leads anywhere. So when might we see rail service between Los Angeles and the Coachella Valley? Well, probably not anytime soon. It's taken 22 years just to complete the feasibility studies. And the estimated cost for the build-out, presumably in today's dollars, is $1 billion. That's B as in boy, $1 billion. Now, let me suggest some things that could mitigate the cost with public-private partnerships. You know, a resort hotel that partners with the project is going to enjoy a windfall of travelers who want a one-stop vacation without the fear of those misconnections or being stranded out in the middle of nowhere. Attach a sports arena, convention center, a shopping center, or whatever, and you've got a whole line of private businesses that would benefit from having trainloads of consumers delivered to a more or less captive marketplace. Now, that said, the last time I reviewed the Coachella Valley-San Gregorio Rail Corridor Service Project, the plan seemed to favor using that remote Amtrak station out in the middle of the windmill farms on a road that's closed several times a year for flooding and blowing sand. Does this really make sense? Now, for this discussion, I've mostly focused on bringing tourists from Los Angeles and Orange County on the train, but let's not overlook the benefit of the reverse trip for local residents. Train travel offers an opportunity for people who don't like to drive in aggressive major metro traffic to have a relaxing journey at low cost. According to the Amtrak website, Overnight parking is available at that Palm Springs outpost station, but I wouldn't want to leave my car in that desolate area even for a day trip, let alone overnight or over several days. The last time I checked, which was several years ago, there were security cameras, but I'd have to guess that it would take the police at least 10 minutes to respond. And we've all seen how quickly vandals can smash and grab in a department store on security cam footage. So, in sum, if Coachella Valley tourism and the rest of our economy is expected to grow, we're going to need to expand our transportation system. There are no plans to expand capacity on I-10 in any meaningful way. Buses use the same highways as cars and trucks. Air travel could be expanded, but we'd need to attract more business travel to sustain year-round service. And flying really isn't an option for visitors who live in Southern California. That leaves only one long-term option, rail. 
So grab a pencil and paper if you'd like to explore more on this topic on your own. I have a few extra minutes to point you to some further reading. First, the Riverside County Transportation Commission at rctc.org. Once you're in the site, do a search for Coachella Valley Rail Development. I think you'll also find the Redlands Aero Project of interest. Redlands is just 45 minutes away from us on your way to Riverside and San Bernardino. Now, that's a modest nine-mile extension of Metrolink from San Bernardino downtown. And if you're not familiar with Metrolink, there are two stations in San Bernardino, one downtown and one referred to as the San Bernardino Depot, which uses the historic San Bernardino Santa Fe train station. By the way, that downtown station is co-located next to a sports stadium. The Aero Project will open this fall and will take travelers from San Bernardino downtown to a new stop in San Bernardino at Tippecanoe, then three stops in Redlands, one at New York Street, primarily serving the large mapping software company ESRI, or ESRI, and then the Redlands downtown station that uses the historic Santa Fe Redlands Station, and a stop at the University of Redlands. By the way, I understand ESRI helped fund part of that New York Street stop, so that's a textbook example of leveraging private funds in public partnership. The Aero Project used existing, largely abandoned tracks, but they required quite a bit of rehab and code compliance mitigation. But the environmental clearance only started in 2015, and just seven years later, they're launching the service. Primary construction began in 2019. So you can learn more at this web address, gosbcta.com. That acronym stands for the San Bernardino County Transit Authority, sbcta.com. Look for the Aero Project. Also take a look at Metrolink. Their web address is metrolinktrains.com. And, of course, look up the Palm Springs Transit Points on Amtrak. This has been the Public Record Podcast, a public service of the public record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. Thanks for listening.